Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Sorry if we offend anyone, because we might swear a little bit. Apologies. Every now and again, we will be talking French throughout this. I'm a geezer. I'm a geezer. I am a geezer. 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 And, I, and, I, and, I have, and I have a problem. 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 Being a geezer ain't always fun and games, but you ain't alone. alone, alone. You're locked into the Free the Geezer podcast. It's Scotty Stacks. Danny Graff. Johnny Dutch. A.K.A. The Manor. Now, with the help of the gorgeous Dr. Gareth. Gorgeous. And the cast of very special guests. A few boats in there. Going to be solving your problems, our problems, stripping away stereotypes. Speak your mind. Free the bird. Free the geezer. Right, we are here, the manor. This is the Free the Geezer podcast. We're talking right now about cash in hand, about saving money, about protecting yourself, debts and all that. We make reference to it on the EP. Wise up. Wise up, we do. I've got a good verse about this on Wise Up. very good verse. Well, listen, we've had a lot of good submissions from the fans in on this. It's affecting us all and we get to the bottom of it in this podcast. Everyone right. struggles saving, everyone does. So right everyone now, we're going to get out to the fans right now. We're speaking straight to you. How have you found saving money? Have you saved any money? Have you saved anything? Have you spent all your money? And later on this podcast, we're going to be joined by the lovely Iona Bain. Lovely. She runs the youngmoneyblog.co.uk and uh, she's not associated with Little Wayne or Birdman. Of course she isn't. She saves you money. She saved me £300 already. Remember, if you haven't already, like, subscribe and rate the Free the Geezer podcast so we can keep the talking going. I don't get serious about a lot of things. I'm going to get serious. Oh, yeah. this. Oh, I'm going to get no fucking way. serious. Yeah, I will get serious. No yeah. way. Yeah, I will. Don't yeah, I will. Me. I don't believe you. I will. I don't believe you. Don't call me he's out. He's got a reason. Yeah, he's going to do it. I've got a lot of family it. that it's, it's affected him. I've not. It's one of the only things I don't <coughs> struggle with gambling, but yeah. I feel like it's... I do. It's funny, though, isn't it? You do, it is funny, isn't it? I, mate, I thought... Because your family and like, that, the way I'm, your mind is... Exactly. Because you're obsessive as well. We were just talking about... And outside. compulsive. I was saying, I think I gamble so much in my own life that I, I don't feel like I need to do it online. Well, what gambles? I gamble Mate, you don't, you don't leave your ass. What gambles you take? When I go and have a drink and I go out, I gamble. I call it on. It does. Oh, 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 oh. You got a text. God blimey. We've got a text here. Go on, Jim. Give us a text, please, mate. What we got? This one's from Jack via Instagram. Okay. I've got a story about my gambling problem. I'm now nine months clean. I go to GA every Thursday. I got myself in £45,000 worth of debt with loan companies and also borrowing off friends and families. Lost untold friends of my local manager due to my antics. I've seen that light now and got a new job uptown. Loads of friends, still got loads of geezers who stuck by me. Okay, no, I get it. It's not a question. He's, he's, he's seen his way through it. I think... Uh, a lot of people don't. Yeah, exactly. You're, you are one of the lucky ones then, mate, to be fair. There's been a lot of stories recently, and we've seen it around our group of mates. It's a big problem, gambling. For me to enjoy a football match, I can't watch it without having a gamble. And it is partly the reason, I'll tell you why, part of, some of the reason is because 
Before you get a Premier League match or a Championship match or a La Liga match, you have a normal advert break. It comes back to Martin Tyler. They do the team lineup, and then you have another one advert break, which is a Paddy Power Bet365 Sky Bet advert, where it almost encourages you to bet. You cannot, basically it says, you can't enjoy this game if you don't put some money on Harry Kane being first scorer. So I've bought into that. I've, I'm, I'll hold my hands up and say that I've, you know, I've got a little bit of a problem with that. And I think a lot of people have as well. So I, I completely can sympathise with you on your story. Yeah, I yeah. think it's part, part of the reason that I, I actually stopped gambling for a long time. I do a tiny bit now, but nowhere near the volume or scale that I used to. Because like, mm. of exactly that. <clears throat> like, I didn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wasn't interested yeah. in football. Obviously, yeah. Palace, unless it was something to do with Palace or if it was top level, I wasn't interested with football anymore if I didn't feel like I was making money. Or, or there was the side of it is that if I watched it, I'd constantly be thinking, ah, oh, the fucking bet on him scoring yeah, today. Yeah. When you feel like you should have placed a bet, a winning bet that you didn't, you, lose you actually way, you feel it? like yeah. you've lost. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's weird. The one thing as I'm most guilty of is, uh, and I know my, my good pal Lagalou would agree with me on this, Request the bets, corners, betting on. So you're not betting on goals anymore. It's not about who wins the match. It's about how many corners there are. Many, I half like the only thing I like about the request. The how bets many cards? Is is the fact that it sort of brings enjoyment to aspects of a football match yeah. that ain't enjoyable. Because a lot of a football game, you've got so much stoppages, so much things, throw-ins, bollocks yeah. that is stoppages, yeah. yellow cards, and yeah. you ain't. Bruv, when we, when we, the only time we ever won a good bet was with Lou. And yeah, I was skin. of course it was with Lou. I was skin. Of course I was with Lou. And we went gym and it was a two, it was two matches and it was corners, bookings, all that. And we didn't even watch the first game. Went gym, come out and we're like, halfway through we didn't have it. And then we come out and we're like, we got it. We How got much money one. was it for, Dan? It was for two grand, but I'd only put 20 quid on. I was skin. It was when, it was the start of last year when we, were, we needed the money for the tax bill. Tax man. Stuck in a deal. We had no money, whatever. And I, ne I actually needed the money. <laughs> and I just thought, fuck it, I'll back you on this. For no reason. I don't really bet. But then we come and watch the second half. We watched the game, um, the second game, Man Liverpool, City, Man Liverpool. City. Yeah. Had a roast in our first half. We needed one corner. It was 44th minute. A corner's coming. We're like, we're still in the fucking game. We're still in this. Yeah. And in the second half, it's got closer and closer. I keep going, what do we need, Lou? What do we need? And then we needed one yellow card in the corner. We've had the corner. It's the 87th minute. They brought James Milner on. We need a yellow card. We were like, this is our boy. James <laughs> Milner. And, mate, literally within a minute, James Milner's run over. Geezer's on the halfway line. James Milner's run 40 <laughs> yards to slide this, slide this fucker out of the fucking pitch. He's done him straight off. It's a great feeling, but I always feel with gambling. I don't chase that Let feeling. Let me tell you now. Let me tell you now, because I've had their moments as well. They're very few and exactly. far between. Like, I'll, I'll be honest, every single weekend I watch the football and I put on, same £20 request a bet, I put on two, three of them. For 12 pm kickoff, I put on two. One for the mid midday kickoff, one for the uh, 3, 3 pm kickoffs. That flops, I put on another two. Before you know it, and then this, is the, this is the only good thing that Skybet does, right? And Bet365 and Paddy Power. They show you your plus and minus. If you go into the app, you can find out how much money you put on and how much money you've won back. Because you don't realise how much money you're spending. But that's, but that's the thing, I feel like it's no, you, it's, you disguise it to yourself mm. as, as a desire for gain or a fear of loss financially, when really you're not chasing the money like that. No. It's like Merce, isn't it? Merce always used to say, like he'd done thousands and thousands gambling, hustle, but he never withdrew. He never withdrew. And this is someone who had big wins as well as big losses, but he never withdrew from the account because it weren't about that. Right. If we're going to get a little bit technical here, should we bring in a doctor? I think we should. I think it'd be good. What do you think, gambling? It's, um, <clears throat> it, it stimulates, funny you mentioned drugs, it stimulates the same part of your brain that drugs 
stimulate. Yeah. So you get, and, and so it's, um, it's a bit called the striatum, and it causes a release of a chemical called dopamine, which makes you feel happy. Yeah. So for years and years and years, we treated it as a behavioural disorder, like something compulsive, like a, like a habit. But actually, it's much more of an addiction. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and you start starts off small. You get that little sort of buzz that you get. You know that sort of thrill that you get from eating a good meal, having sex, taking drugs. You so get it's that. A chemical, it's releases, a chemical. It's a chemical. Yeah. yeah. And then the more you gamble, the more your brain gets used to it. So you need to gamble more, oh. yeah. and then you need to gamble more, yeah. and, it, and that, that's how it sort of builds. It's exactly the same as a drug, look at all. I'll, t for, I'll tell you now, coming from my personal background, I don't want to talk about all Jamaicans, but for instance, my father, the, the family house we live in, he won a, a TriCaster back in 1982, which bought the family house. Mm. So from that point forward, we've always been gamblers in our family, but that is a fundamental thing was that he was, it, it taught you from every Saturday since then, I've grew up, my dad's down the bookies. There is a gambling culture like this. So look, look, I've been looking this up, right? Nine million people in the UK gamble wow. some, at some point. Nine so you're talking, you're talking 15% of the country near that's enough. Right? That right? That's and regular take, though. But if you look at everybody, just, even doing the lottery is gambling. Well, this, well that's yeah, what I was going to say. Yeah. So you've got, apparently uh, in 2017, 12% of 11 to 16 year olds I said that they'd gambled, like, properly, not having a little bet with their mates. Like, they'd, they'd somehow found a way to gamble, mm. right? And now I know, in terms of, as soon as you're old enough now, right. I know through friends, little brothers and that, as soon as you're old enough, first thing you do, you go and sign up to betting apps, right, and start gambling on your phone, right? And do you think that, potentially, the lottery, the lottery culture, and the fact the lottery is such an institution, and you see these massive big wins yeah. and these success stories, is that part of that sort of desensitization process? Well, some point? People have gambled for like yeah. since they made dice. There's nothing yeah. wrong with gambling. Conquers. Right? It, that, gambling's all right. It gives people a bit of a thrill. It's when it becomes, like this guy here, becomes 45k worth of debt. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I've had, I've had patients who've yeah. usually not the gambler, but the wife of or the partner of, they come home and the house is gone. Yeah. And because yeah. they didn't know, because you can keep it secret. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, and, that's and, the worst thing. I've, I've had it with people. Yeah, yeah and, the, the and they said they're sneakily gambling or they're, they're, they, you know, they, they'll go straight down to the bookies as soon as, yeah. as soon as they get paid on payday. They come home and there's nothing for the kids. And, there's, you know, and, and then they're borrowing and they're borrowing and they're borrowing and hiding envelopes. And that's when it becomes an issue. I mean, putting an odd bet on a football match is fine. It's not the end of the world. Well, it's not the end of the world, but it's when you can't it, afford it, was, it. You know, my old man still runs the building firm, but I was I worked with him for many a year, and there was a couple geezers on the building site that had real, real addictive problems when it comes to gambling, and it would come to a case where they get their wages on a Saturday, and they and I've got this in my new in our new song on Wise Up. I speak about this in my verse. It's a sick verse. It's a sick verse. Oh, no, nice last one. Yeah, 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 it, yeah, last yeah. one. But it was built on real things. There was a guy, I won't say his name. Wise Up, which is a track on our new Wise Up, which is a track on our new Free the Geezer EP. Well, you get your wages at lunchtime and you're straight in the Labbrooks yeah. on a roulette. I'm talking about working class people here. It and is yes. killing people. My gambling for a lot of it was, I used to, at one point, I was betting a lot and I was doing quite well when I decided that one day I was a professional gambler. So I used to spend, I used to, I was making loads of money. You know, I started betting on cricket, right? Because cricket was, I, I, had a, I had a theory behind it anyway. And I used to do real good out of cricket. But then I remember I woke up one morning with hangover. I woke up late and I'd missed the start of the uh, England-India test match, right? Alistair Cook was in and he was scoring runs. Right? It was a good pitch, be beautiful, beautiful, sunny, beautiful, sunny day. Alistair Cook's knocking the ball all over the park. I'm thinking, fuck, I'm going to miss... I'm missing out. I'm missing out of money here. <clears throat> so I used to bet on um, batsmen to score over or under a certain amount of runs. So literally, I've woke up. I've turned on Sky Sports. I've got one eye open, like sleep in the other one. I've grabbed my phone, quickly signed in. 
saw Alistair Cook on um, 25 runs, right? And it was for him to get over, say, 36 runs. It was near enough evens. So I backed that straight away. Next ball. In four seconds after I bet, Cook gone. Little prod, little prod outside the off, like he always does. So now I've just lost 300 quid. So I'm thinking, fuck, I'm not even awake yet. Like, <laughs> and then so I've gone, in, I've gone into, I've looked at bet three, I've looked at bet three six five, and I've seen a um, second, se yeah, second, second, second division uh, French side called Chateau, right? And uh, I've, been, I've noticed, I've been keeping an eye on this little French side because they was on a bit of a run, as you do. They were one 0 up at home against team bottom of the league. They're not playing right? cricket. Cricket's fucked me. So I'm looking on the app so I need to win my money back quickly, right? I'm still pretty sort of I might, I might even be asleep. So fucking I say Chateau, right? One nil up. About 11 minutes to go. Put monkey on them. 500 quid down to 300 pounds back. Bang, conceded instantly. Four <laughs> seconds. That's good. And then and then and then and then and then, 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 then like I thought, fuck me, what's going on here? Then I fell back asleep. Then I woke up thinking, was that a dream? And it wasn't. And I was I was 800 pounds down. And I, I, like, this was, I was 800 pounds down and I hadn't e I literally hadn't even woken up yet. Got to have a cup of tea you know before I mean? you do anything. Yeah. But, then, but, then, but then there's the yeah, other side know. of it. I feel like we're going on to the roulette and I know people that have lost big money in roulette. And the roulette for me is an even more interesting one, which, which I'd like to ask you about, Dr. G. Because the thing about sport, at least you've got that kind of the, the, the passion for a sport or the interest in a sport yeah. and you've got something to, something behind it that suggests to you that you're you're being smart here and you're trying to do something clever. Whereas roulette, right, especially the machines in the bookies, roulette and slots, you know are statistically against you. Yeah. Yeah. And so you know turns. that there is a much more likely chance of you losing yeah. than winning. So yeah. what the fuck possesses someone to go and put their money in a machine where they know they're probably going to lose. Well, there's two, there's two kind of uh, skin by why do, why do people gamble, right? So there's two different types of ways that people gamble. There's one like betting on a football match or playing a game of poker or something with a skill involved yeah. or this, yeah. you know, you, you follow the horses and you kind of know what form people have. So you're kind of investing and you're getting rewarded for your, your kind of your knowledge base, I suppose. And that is when people want to feel excited and up and, you know, get that sort of feeling of euphoria. Then there's roulette and slots, which is just mindless, no skill. And that's when people really don't want to focus on the other shit that's going on in their lives. So <clears throat> so they're just sitting betting and it's like pushing a button. Yeah. And they did, I mean, they did these studies in there with rats. If you put them in and with this sort of food dispenser and every single time they push the button, they get food, right? They just push the button until they get really full and then they go and they sleep, yeah. right? If you put it in one where every time they push the button, no food comes out, like they do it and they get really pissed off and they get, then they go and get depressed in the corner. If you get one that randomly gives out food yeah. every time it pushes it, the rat will sit all day and all night just all pushing it. All day about, pushing it. Just pushing it. Because it gets out, it's called intermittent reinforcement, if you want to be posh about it. Yeah. And that's the that's the strongest way of training something is yeah. by, it's like if you're training a dog, you don't give it food Reward. every time it comes back. Yeah. You give it What's randomly. Pavlov's pav 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 yeah, it's, it's a condition thing. And basically, people get into this way of just sitting on, you know, on the slot machines, pulling it, yeah. because they just get focused on. It stops them thinking about anything. Masochist, well. never... Masochist mate. That's one thing. One thing with a fruity, I can put, I can put a tenner or a score in a fruity and think I've enjoyed playing that fruity for 10, 15 yeah. minutes. Do you know what I mean? But then I suppose at the same time, there's none of that. There's not that little voice in the back of your head with a fruity mm. saying, "Oh, listen, if you go again, you might win thousands." And I feel yeah. like with roulette, especially yeah. roulette, as with roulette, especially, and I feel like that's when you get because there's no it's, spectacle it's the, in, it's roulette. The fact, and the fact is, there's no spectacle, and the fact that it's instant. Yeah. The fact that it's instant. The worst thing you can do is go and play roulette the first time and get a big win. 
Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because then I all of a that. sudden you've got that taste. You've got. Do you know I, I mean? want Grand National. First time I ever bet. I want. I bet a score. I, I told my mum I want to bet fifty quid. I want to bet all my birthday money. She said, "Nice." How old, How old are you? Eight. I was like eight. I was eight. <laughs> of course you were. I was eight. I was eight. I had fifty quid. I was like, "Fuck it, I'm balling." I bet the score. The fucking. He was. He weren't even close. He. He won it. He was an outsider. I bet this geezer for some reason. And I was fuming because she wouldn't let me bet the 50. But yeah, I bought a Mega Drive. It was a good day. Good it was sweet as. I had <laughs> Show a good your age there, Dan. Yeah, right, right, so Coming in, in conclusion, boys. You'd recognise it a problem when I went to Gamblers Anonymous. And that's the thing is that yeah. if, you, if you're hiding it, you're running up debt, all you're thinking about and doing is gambling, you're, you're borrowing from your friends, you're stealing from your people. Yeah. That's Get yourself some help. Recognise the signs. Because it is an addiction. Make sure you know what your friend is borrowing money for. This is a separate uh, situation. Yeah. Make sure you know, because if they are doing it, because a lot of people have borrowed money some, from me to gamble, right? You don't ever get it back. So yeah. when it, Not it, even it, that. You're encouraging. The thing is, it's only I've had it close people where you're giving them money, but until yeah. you actually realise, they're not going to tell you, but when you realise that you're actually giving it for science, you're, you're actually feeding it. You're not mm. helping them. Because you're them just feeding the thing because they're only going to use it again. For Especially the same if a gambler, you're never going to get it back because they're always going to gamble what they the win. Worst one, mate. If you ever anyone asks you Murray, money to get out of a hole, ask them what a hole they're in. That's the only question I'd I'd, I'd give them. But yeah. Oh, oh hello. Someone at the door. We've got to get this a bit early for oh, a guess. Uh, nice drinks. Oh, is it drinks? Jim, is that is that some drinks? It, it fucking wants to be a drink. Yeah, it's Jim with the drinks. Thank you so much, Jim. Mate. You need to work on how you're pouring these pints, bro. More than that. Oh, we got a, uh, got a text. Jim, far away, mate. This is from AJ via Instagram. I use gambling to mask my other issues I had going off. Gambling £600, sometimes £700 a day at one point. But for those three hours of betting, all my other issues disappeared. I use gambling as a coping mechanism, a very expensive one. My broad thinking was money comes, money goes, and losing these sorts of funds wasn't really an issue. I couldn't control it. When I got down and angry, I just used to bet. I'm now trying to suppress the urge by finding other channels to occupy my thoughts. The bigger challenge, though, is to address the other issues and influences that drove me to gamble in the first place. Respect, lads. Keep the talk going. Big up, AJ. Uh, respect Very for reaching out about that. The thing about it is, going back to what we were saying a minute ago, it's, a, it's the culture of living in the moment. This is the one thing I've found... Uh, I, during my twenties, is that I've always lived in a moment. I live for now. If it, if I can afford tonight, a Saturday night out, if I've got twenty pound in my pocket, I'm going out. I'm not saving that money. I'm going out. I'd rather enjoy myself now and think about what's going to happen later. Yeah. What I found growing up is that you are more well equipped to deal with life if you can think ahead. But it's a question of because you got. I feel like you got two types. Pick you got. People like us, generally speaking, you're, you sort of flip between the two, but you've got people who live in the moment and just enjoy it as it comes, mm. and then you've got people who plan ahead yeah. who don't really enjoy it enough, but then they've, the people who live in the moment have got less opportunities to enjoy themselves. Yeah. People who plan ahead have got all the opportunities but don't really don't, enjoy don't it. Don't enjoy it. That's the, that's this is the problem. Where it's about balance. It is about, okay, cool. When it becomes critical, when that £700 is your last £700, <laughs> Let's have a little think about, okay, what can I do with that £700? If I can take £200 out of it or take £100 and have a gamble and then I might spend £200 on buying a suit for a job interview or whatever, let's have a think about what we do with the money while we've got it. The thing is, it doesn't really fit in. The problem with that is that doesn't really, that kind of 
cautious nature doesn't really fit in with someone who's a big gambler most yeah. of the time. Like, like to, for example, like I remember when I thought I was a professional gambler, right, I used to sit there and you'd get a big win and I'd sit there and think, right, so that was... I'm a professional dickhead. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do this for a living, yeah. I'm a fucking idiot. That's why I don't do it The anymore. art of delusion, my right. squad yeah, is yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And no, the thing is, you know what it was? It wasn't even I even lost mad amounts of dough. I felt proper addicted. Yeah. Like I was spending so much time. And like, you know, mate, eventually I was you will smashing. Lose. Yeah, 100%. I, mate, I definitely did well out of it. But it wasn't like I didn't get a mad problem. I felt the mentality was like I was constantly looking for a bet. Do you know what I mean? But then the thing is, one thing I found, which again is my mentality a little bit more with money now, like you can be overcautious, but it's going to come and go, isn't it? Yeah. So that's the thing. So really, with gambling, you're better off when you have a big win, go and buy something. Just go and buy something. Like it's, 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 not, it's not your wages. Go and spend it on something stupid yeah. that you probably wouldn't be able to justify buying otherwise. My mum's Italian, mate, his son. You go to his house and his house is full of gambling wins. He'd be like, I won that chandelier That's on hard. Napoli. On like Napoli in, yeah. a, in a Coppa Italia 2009. I won that. I got. I bought my motor off that. Did, yeah, well, this, yeah. that and the other. And so he has his big, he has his big losses. Yeah, granted, because he's a gambler and all gamblers are generally losing gamblers, right? He should have a lost chamber as well where he goes in and goes, right, this is where I went wrong. The pictures, the pictures. Yeah. I have tears. <laughs> <laughs> a swimming pool full of my tears. Everything is pawned. Swimming my tears. Everything is pawned and all the, all the family, pictures of family and friends is lost. No, but seriously, very good point there because I'll be honest with you, I, for the wins I've had, and I've had some big wins as well, I could not show you a thing for it. If you've got a big win and it's make it count for something, this is where you know you've got an issue. If you leave that money in your Skybet, Paddy Power, Bet365, other betting apps are available, Mentality, then you've got an it, issue. Make it all count. Yeah, but AJ's gambling because he's pissed off and he's sad and he's angry. So oh, he's, right. he, so he's, yeah. he's gambling, or was gambling, because yeah. he just wants to distract himself away from thinking about the bigger shit in life. So what you should do is go and speak to somebody. Like yes, no, that's for, the point. fully. Yeah. I think, I personally, I mean, I've, I thought this for a little while, speaking to people, you'll see it, obviously, but generally, speaking to people, just generally, so everyone really <laughs> needs to do it. It's not like a, it's not specific to anyone who's got an addiction, and it's not even a massive, like, it's not like you even have to delve too much. Just the fact of people saying Wait, what they still, think. There's still the stigma attached. The thing is, and Dr. G, I'll be honest with you, this is, when we first signed our deal, yeah. right, I, I, was, I struggled myself because of the enormity of it. I was like, okay, my life's about to change. I didn't know what was happening at the time. I can honestly tell you, going to, and it was the NHS helped out, going and speaking to someone every week, so I could just not even compartmentalise my thoughts but just be able to package them and be able to deal with them a bit yeah. better. Listen, thoughts can run out of hand. Like, yeah. Yeah, totally. The same with whether it's gambling, whether it's anxiety, mm -hmm. whether it's you yeah. know fear of not being good. Whatever happens, it can run out of hand. You need someone to ref to bounce yeah. what's, your, what's your view on, on therapy and counselling for the everyday man? People will talk about, you know, what STDs they've caught, whether they've got hemorrhoids, whether they get bad. They'll talk about everything else, but they won't talk about the fact that maybe they're a bit anxious or they're a bit stressed <laughs> or, you know, they're not coping with this, that, and the next thing. And actually, everybody has goes through difficult times when they can't cope, right? And we all need someone. And if, the thing about speaking to a stranger who's trained or who listens to lots and lots of people's stories. And I've heard thousands, tens of thousands of people talking, well, tens of thousands, maybe a few thousand people talking to me over the course of my career. Yeah. We're not unique. Everybody think, everybody sort of thinks the same. We all carry the same worries, but everybody thinks that they're unique. They're the only ones that think like this or they're the only ones that feel like that. And actually speaking to somebody 
help, sometimes just normalizes it. You just need to think. No, that's, you know, that's the word. Yeah, yeah. it's just like, yeah, you know, if you if you sign a record deal and you come into a lot of money, how do you cope with that? How does yeah. it deal with your, what are you going to do with your friends? How are your family going to feel? Yeah. All of these things change. You know, your, your status sometimes, yeah. and sometimes that's difficult to deal with. So any big change in somebody's life, yeah, talk to somebody. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Helping, helping yourself process change. Yeah. That is it. The thing about it, you will adapt eventually. Yeah. It might take some people longer than other people, but you have to be able to process change. Yeah. And it, sometimes you need help processing yeah. Yeah. change. Yeah. Go on. I mean, it's something that I spoke, I mentioned on Instagram as well, and I feel like, because you know, obviously suicide's the biggest killer of adult males, yeah. Yeah. right? And I feel like, especially for blokes, and and I, don't, I say I say young blokes, I'm a fairly young bloke, so I don't understand the mentality elsewhere, but I feel like with blokes, it's probably a little bit, because we're gen, generally, I know it's a big generalisation, generally are less open about our emotions yeah. Yeah. than females. The thing is with, with girls, even if they hide something, if, a, if the girl, the closer a, a girl gets towards breaking point, she's probably gonna get reaches a point where she's gonna find one of her closest friends yeah. and fucking have a big cry and say, look, this is it. But I feel like that's the paradox for blokes because no bloke wants to break down in front of their nah. mates. So the worse you get and the closer you get towards breaking point as a bloke, the more you, you, the less likely you, you are to talk to someone about it. Girls are better at talking than yeah. boys are. And there's, there's all this talk recently about this toxic ma masculinity stuff that's, yeah. that's going on and how you know, men treat women badly. Actually, men treat each other badly. Yeah. And, and they don't listen. And they don't... They don't um, they're like, oh, come on, mate. We'll just get a pint and forget about it. You know, don't, it's true. Don't... We are a lot more... I could just speak from our group. We're a lot more horrible yeah. to our mates than I've ever been to a girl yeah. in my life. Yeah. We're fucking terrible to our friends. Yeah, of course we are. Terrible. Because yeah. the closer they are, the worse It's an are. opening. It's, you know what I see, and, and I'll be honest with you, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this will have the same situation. If someone gives up a little bit of a flaw, that's an opening. That's like having a. That's like having a. That's like having a free jab. That's like, that's like having a free jab. It's like okay, you got that. We're just very. We're very primal. Put it, let's have we, it are. Right. we are. We are. We are the most. We are the most primal. Fifty. I don't know how many thousand years it is. We've not advanced a tiny little bit. At all. We are, so, <laughs> but we're trying. Back to, to the, the question. question. Uh, you've done well, no, very but he's well. trying. I feel like he's trying to. He's trying. What's he saying? He's well, trying he's to suppress... Using suppressing other issues with right, gambling. He needs to go and talk to somebody. The yeah. biggest challenge is to address issues that drove him to gamble exactly. in the first place. Yeah, and that's exactly. when he's... Yeah, that, I mean, he's hit the, hit the nail in the head. Do not keep yeah. it to yourself. Don't try yeah. and find other ways to suppress your thoughts. The Don't suppress thing. them I mean, and get them out. Yeah, there's, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with gambling. There's nothing wrong with drinking. There's nothing wrong with anything yeah. that's addictive unless it becomes an addiction because you're using it to mask something else, yeah. right? So it's like if you drink champagne now and again, it's lovely. If you drink it every night, it's just what you drink. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Gamble now and again, that's cool. If you're doing it all the time to, to divert away from something else, then that's, that's a problem. Go and talk about what's causing you to gamble. Yeah, you got doing. it right there from Dr. G. The truth. Oh, oh hello. Hello. Oh, hello. 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 Hello.
Hello. Special guest. Iona's here. Geezers and girls, it's Iona Bain. Can you get Iona a drink, please, Jim? Thank you, Jim. Oh, where did you learn to pour beers? Brilliant. Thank you. Iona, I would love to know what you've done, because I know personally, I'd like for you to share it with our podcast listeners. So uh, I started a blog all about money about eight years ago. Yeah. And the reason why was because I um, have been a musician myself. Really? So I was earning money as a musician, not very much. What kind of music? Don't mind me asking. It was like pop jazz. Um, so I'm a singer-songwriter and I play piano and I had a band as well. Really? Yeah, and I absolutely wanted to do it for such a long time and was convinced that was it yeah. for me. Um, and it was, you know few years after the financial crash so I was optimistic about you know earning enough to be able to live on my own and have a music career and mm. keep it because at that age I was about 23 you're idealistic right you think <laughs> we still are yeah <laughs> don't give up still, don't yeah. give up that dream. Don't worry about it. my idealism was slightly punctured when um I used to put all my gig earnings in a piggy bank Old, uh, old school, of, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I thought, well, you know, it's there. I might as well put them in. And then I got home one night and I thought, God, I can't remember being this messy. <laughs> and then I realised, oh, God, it wasn't me. It was a burglar. So a mm. uh, burglar got into the house and the piggy bank was gone. And oh, I've yeah. never had such a weird moment of being in my living room later on talking to a police officer saying... Oh, I can't remember what colour the piggy bank was. I think it was pink. It, did it have a tail? Not That's sure. You know. So he nicked. He nicked. Literally nicked. He just nicked it. Your yeah. dream. It was about six hundred, seven hundred pounds in there. So I was, wow. I was gutted. And yeah, that is course, such a lot of money when you're in your early twenties. So I just thought, you know what? Um, I'm going to have to learn about this. Yeah. And there was nothing out there that could help me get to grips with it. So I thought I'll just teach myself. I'll start a blog and that see, see how yeah. I go. You've <laughs> lost that money. Yeah. And you decided you want to go and find your own way. Yeah. You left music? I did leave music. I still do music. I sing in a group. We do gigs. Um, but I'm really happy that it's something yeah. that I can do in my spare time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you guys must know this. Yeah. When you feel this pressure to turn what you love into a career. <laughs> Kills it. How, well, well, how do you manage? How do you, you keep, do a, you keep do the love in it? <laughs> I'm joking. You've got to let it out. You have to let it out. Okay, we've got a text. So, um, this is from Laura. It says, Life's a struggle for everyone, isn't it? I spent far too much on credit cards and now I have a baby who I'm worried will have to go without whilst I'm still trying and failing to pay off debt from a previous life. How do I stop myself? Well, that's, yeah, that's a stop good spending, question. Stop spending money on credit cards. It's interesting because mm. it's like, that's, it's the credit culture mm -hmm. that we live in now, isn't it? And it hasn't always been like this, but for our, for our age group, that's always been the way, isn't it? I remember when I turned 18 and I was walking through the Bromley, through the Glade Shopping Centre, and there was a stand that offered me a credit card. I was like, yeah. what? Fucking credit card. I signed up for a credit card. It came through the post. I went and bought a PlayStation. That was it, 200 quid. And it was maxed. And that's the thing now. But it's only been since, when was it? Like the 90s that you had this kind of con consumer, late 80s, 90s, this consumer credit revolution where it became the norm to buy things before you could afford them. Yeah. Now to the point where it is literally the done thing. Every, everyone is in debt, isn't it? But we don't have, like, we have on, you know, cigarette packets, we have warnings about what it can do to your health. So yeah. we don't have that with credit cards about what it can do to your financial health. It's so easy to get into, but it's yeah. so hard to get out of. So I'd say that Laura shouldn't feel any guilt 
or no. anxiety or shame about it because so many people are in that position. Okay. We have a really complicated relationship with money. It starts when we're really young. Um, I, d I don't know, Gareth, you can back me up on this, but there is a lot of research that suggests that you form your relationship with money by the age of eight. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I am shit with money. Thank you, Gareth. And the reason, I'm, one of the reasons I'm really shit with money is my parents were really quite shit with money. Yes. They didn't have much money. That's it. To the extent I don't have a credit card because mm. I run up debt, not a huge amount of debt, but it just worried me because it was on my mind. It was this thing. But now, if you don't have a credit card, your credit score is not that great. It really grinds my gears because when I said before that it's not Laura's fault, I really do mean it in the sense that we've got a really, really messed up economy mm -hmm. in which we're so reliant on credit. And we also have this system where you can't do things where it would be, you know, perfectly good idea to save up for a house if you've kind of figured out where to buy and so on. But you can't do that unless you've got a credit rating and you can't get a credit rating unless you, you borrow money. Unless you borrow money, yeah. And it's so messed up. And that's why a lot of um, young people, they either have this total aversion to credit and they think, oh, it's really scary. I don't want to go anywhere near it. Or they go headfirst into credit and get into loads of trouble. It's like a really extreme relationship. As long as you can manage it, as long as you budget properly, if, credits, if you can use someone else's money, for something, and you can keep your your capital liquid, your your, your hard cash Absolutely liquid. Possible. And yeah. I, but I'm a gambler in that sense that I will take everything that's available and, and back yeah. myself to do something with it. But mm. the problem, I guess, is that a lot of people aren't making a kind of quantified decision. No. Yeah. They're just they're just thinking there's money there. It's not informed, absolutely. Exactly. And and it's because we're not taught about it really in schools. I've got a medical well, degree, right? I don't know what APR means. Exactly. You know, it's a twenty nine percent APR. What does oh, that mean? I've no idea. I've got an economics degree and I don't know what APR yeah. means. Yeah. Imagine yeah. that. It all keeps changing as well. So whilst you could teach it in school or at uni, you've still got to keep up with it as time goes on because things keep changing so I think that's one of the beauties about writing a blog you can keep on top of it and so much has changed and actually things have got a lot better in the last five six years I'd yeah. say you know um, there are better products and services out there there's more help out there um, it's it's not quite as you're not as on your own as you used to be FOMO is costing our generation a great deal you're talking to Talking You're talking to someone who can't not hear someone say I beef about booking a flight. I'm talking crack level FOMO. Like, I'm <laughs> bad. It's bad. bad. No, he's a bad, bad. FOMO addict. I'm all right. If he gets... Dr. G. He's a bad FOMO oh, addict. If he gets past 10 o'clock, I'm sweet. Once it's 10 o'clock and I think I can't go out now, I'm not going to go out. There's no way. But yeah. why there's still the option there... Well, this is it. It's all about psychology, isn't it? Because yeah. it's about how you see those opportunities. And in a way, I like to try and flip it so that... If you end up spending so much money and it doesn't actually live up to your expectations, yeah, then you could does. say, you know what, that was my brain telling me in advance and I know it always happens that it's going to be so much better than it actually turns out to be. Yeah. And I've ended up spending more money than I really wanted. And it's just like you said before, getting to that age, perhaps, perhaps it is a question of getting to it that age maturity, where you just have enough life experience where you go, you know what, staying out that little bit longer <laughs> and going to that thing really wasn't worth no. it. Uh, listen, you, it's not worth you, it. You need years of countless years of being at after parties mm. and realising, yeah. okay, now's the time you go home. Mm. But it's a lot, like, the thing is with it is... I ain't got a clue in that. It's still... <laughs> <laughs> it's totally understandable that millennials feel this really cute sense that they don't want to miss out, that, you know, now's the time, this is us, we're young, this is our moment, therefore let's spend it um, like there's no tomorrow. And the problem for someone like me is I don't want to say, yeah, actually, you should be thinking about your pension. You know, mm. that's not going to work. But I do think we were talking about this before we went yeah. live. 
this being good with money is about thinking about the short term and the long term and balancing those two. So in the on the one hand, thinking about how you can use your money to go out and have a nice time and yeah. enjoy your life. But on the other hand, being aware that tomorrow is going to happen, hopefully. And if it does, then if you are actually saving and doing things like that, you're giving yourself choices. Yeah. Um, so when Laura says that she feels like it's this never-ending process of paying off her debt, I just say keep going, keep, keep going. going. Keep going. Yeah, because you're going to get there. And when you get there, you're going to feel so proud of yourself. Jim, is that a text we got there? What a text. This one's from Niall via Instagram. Yes, Niall. Let's talk about payday loan debt. I was a muggy teenager that didn't know what he was getting into, and now I'm slowly paying my way out at 25. It catches up on you and ruins your life if you let it. Luckily, I've got a lot of good, trustworthy people around me to help me through it, but it got a lot worse before it got better. At one point, I couldn't even afford to pay £5.50 for a game of five aside. It's by far the worst kind of debt to be in, especially at 18, 19 years old when you don't have a clue. No, it is. Free the geezer, lads. You lot were banging in Manchester the other week. Cheers, now. Supporting yeah. the streets. Supporting the streets. Yeah. So if you think credit cards are bad, let me tell you about payday loans, right? It was obvious from the start that they were incredibly corrupt products. They had bad practice baked into them yeah. and everyone who's in charge in this country of making sure that people do not get ripped up and screwed over by yeah. these products completely failed to see it until it was too late until a bunch of people got themselves into debt with various companies ranging from Wonga right down to your smallest cowboy and once that became apparent they went oh all these people have been missold loans I tell you what We'll make those companies culpable. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll slap them with um, mis-selling <laughs> accusations and they'll have to refund everyone. Yeah. Well, these companies couldn't afford it. So now we've got thousands of people who are due compensation, rightly, because yeah. they were missold these loans. And these companies have walked off into the sunset like Wonga. They've gone into administration. And now we, don't even, have, we don't even have the guys who are supposed to be looking after us, the regulators, etc., saying... Don't worry, guys, we'll cover you. We'll make sure that you get the redress that you deserve. It's an absolute scandal. And I feel so angry about it because anybody with eyes and ears and a brain could see that these were bad products yeah. that would tempt people into an unpayable loan that would just go on and on and on. And you have people who took out loan after loan after loan. And it just makes me so angry. I, I, I know that's not helpful. Yeah. No, it's, of, no, no, but yeah, it is helpful. Because no, no. I, I feel... No, I respect the passion. And I do it. feel the same way. There is a... I remember, once again, when I was at uni, there was a, a road called London Road. And they, had, um, they sold electri electronic goods. And they had the same thing. You could buy a certain percentage now and pay the rest of as you go. Listen, no one needs a TV that much. You've got to finance it. Mm. But it was a way of trapping people. It's like the new, <laughs> it's the new loan shark. Yeah. So you used to have loan sharks, payday lenders yeah. were the equivalent. And the thing about payday loans is that they offered this really easy way to borrow for the first time. Because yeah. with a credit card, it's actually quite complicated to get one. Yeah. But um, with a payday loan, it was so easy. They made it too easy. So I'd say that if you're in a position where you feel like payday loans are the only way to borrow it might be worth looking into credit unions because the biggest advantage with the credit yeah. union is that you're borrowing, but you're also saving at the same time. And the guys who run it generally are good guys. Yeah. And they yeah. don't have this awful 
bad practice baked into their business models where they're just hoping to make a quick buck off you and ride off into the sunset. It's the way the way the horrible thing about it as well was the it's the way they were marketed. Yeah. <clears throat> and the way the way that they were sold to people. Yeah. Like just like they're this like kind of helpful godsend solution and mm. everything was and it was not not like not to say they were actually they the were marketed market. they were marketed at the the most hard up and the most vulnerable yeah. and and the po probably the, the least educated yeah. as well because you know it's like it's like you say you're obviously a, a very educated person but the APR this that and the other they see all mm. these 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 warnings at the bottom 2497.85% APR yeah. blah 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 but it didn't say that in the advert it just said we'll give you 100 pound now exactly. that gets you through till payday exactly. you give us 110 next week and you're sweet it doesn't say that you don't give us that 110 four months later you owe us five grand exactly it's all the small print and that's the point people don't have time to study the small print they're in a hurry they want a solution yeah. they get the product I've got, I've got family that have been through it as well but what brought it home to me most we did um, BBC put out a, a little docu-soap uh, recently yeah. where it was someone who'd killed by my debt killed by my yes, debt and they used a lot of our music to, um, for the soundtrack of it and it really hit home it was about a young a, t a teenage boy who he um, <clears throat> to watch it it's actually a great show uh, yeah it was on BBC Three and teenage boy who he got a um, got his first job at 16 got a moped that his family bought for him. Uh, the moped broke down and then he had to borrow money to fix it. He then got like a ticket from driving in a bus lane um, and he, he got the ticket started going up and up and up and he couldn't ask his family for the money because he already owed the money for the moped. Um, it got to the point where the bailiffs put so much pressure on him that he ended up taking his own life mm. because of this bus lane fine. It's the bailiff culture as well, yeah. which something needs to be done about yeah. because mm. the the... You know, I had it before, like with a um, with a parking ticket, mm. that you you ignore it and you ignore it, and it adds up and adds up. <clears throat> and then I got a call from my mum. I wasn't living at home at the time. I got a call from my mum saying there were bailiffs, two two big burly blokes banging down the door, right, asking asking my mum and dad for money. God. And luckily, I, I got home as my mum's card was in this geezer's card machine, right, and he was holding it about, waiting for it to connect. Right, and luckily, I went over, I grabbed the card and he was getting a bit leery and I called my, my next door neighbour mm. and me and him got rid... And the thing is, and the th these people, they will sit there and they'll bully people. Yeah. But a lot yeah. of the time, what they do is they will take it there and they'll add money add on top money, of it yeah. and because people will just pay it. Mm -hmm. And really, you don't... All you owe is you still owe that £60, mm -hmm. but all of a sudden, you've got this letter and it goes up and up and up. You get a big red letter in a brown envelope through your door saying you need to pay 500 quid or we're going to come and take your stuff away. It's disgusting. What I would say is that if you're in a position where you're thinking, I've only got this option to take out a payday loan, then you've got to ask, what am I doing this for? Am I doing it for something that I really need? Um, because if I'm doing it for something I really need, then there's something there that needs addressing where a payday loan is not going to help you. Yeah. It's like a sticking plaster. Yeah. You know, you've got to identify the problem, yeah. not just treat the symptom. So if you're buying it, say, for a holiday, then obviously that's a question of, well, can I wait for this holiday? Can I save for this holiday? Can I do something else to get this holiday rather than getting into this really risky um, business of taking out a loan? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, once you've made that assessment, you can say, okay, well, do I understand how much I've got to pay back, when I've got to pay it back, and am I in a position to do so? And yeah. if you've satisfied yourself that that's the case, then, you know, technically speaking, I'm not saying that payday loans yeah. are a good idea, but when it comes to any form of debt, you know, if you know what you're doing and you know you can pay it back, then it can help you. 
But I'd say for the most part, payday loans are not in that category. If you've got a, a debt that you are worried about and that's lingering and you are really worried about it, then I'd say there are so many good debt charities out there that can offer you free advice. You don't have to go and pay for a debt advice manager. You know, you can get free advice and they will help consolidate all your loans and get you back on track. So that's what I would say if you've got payday loans outstanding and you're worried about them. Listen, you're getting sold to every second of the day. Absolutely. So make sure you're you're weaponized. We're, sell, we're selling you our EP Ask right the questions. now. <laughs> free the geezer, the EP. It's the most heartfelt <laughs> shit I've ever done in my life. <laughs> okay, so right, the way we uh, wrap up every episode, Iona, which you right. won't be familiar with, right. is um, <clears throat> as uh, in, in good free the geezer nature, uh-huh. we'll uh, talk about something typically... Uh, ungeezerish that we yeah. do. Right. However, you get ungeezerish of something that is just something deep. Yeah, 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 a guilty, guilty, guilty so, heartfelt so pleasure. Something yeah. that you wouldn't like to usually say. Something okay. like that. Right. I'm a geezer. Freeze freezer. Epileptic seizure. Right? <laughs> I listen to the Jules Michael old album once a week because it is one of the best it's one of the best albums this country's ever produced. Jules Michael is a legend. I love you bro. I love you bro. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, I'm Scotty Stacks. I'm a geezer and I haven't got a better rhyme than epileptic seizure. <laughs> um, but I, I've been using women's deodorant for a long time now. <laughs> it, it smells better and it's more sensitive on your skin. Yeah, it's true. All right, my name's Danny Graft. I'm a oh, fucking geezer. I'm a geezer. Everyone knows I'm a geezer, but... I hide my feelings and my emotions behind my curls. I'm Dan Gareth Smith. I'm a geezer, and sometimes I like to sing "Let It Go" from Frozen in the Shadow. I know all the words. I know all the words as well. I'm Iona. I'm an honorary geezer. Um, and I spend an obscene amount of money on beauty products in right. the vain hope that it will make me look better than I actually am. And you I don't, don't need them, girl. You don't need them. Like Santa Scott. You look brilliant. I love you. Right, listen. That is a week would cut it there. Cut it there. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. And she knows her money. That's a wrap. Love it. Thanks, Gareth. Thanks to Dr. Thanks to, thanks to, thank you, Iona. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Bartley, you never fuck me again, I swear to God. I've got Iona in my back pocket now. <laughs> Another fantastic episode that was. Right, how about that geezer that got himself into 45 grand's worth of gambling debt? That's Maybe fucking mad, that. isn't it? That's an house deposit. Yeah. I've done a whole house deposit of the bookies in debt. It's mad, isn't it? But you can see what Dr. G was saying about it activates the same part as your brain as a drug. Do you know what I mean? And that's why it's so addictive. Iona Bain was lovely. Very important what she's doing. Yeah. Teaching young people about money and life skills. In my opinion, it should be taught in school instead of fucking Pythagoras. Yeah. You know what I mean? But listen, we did touch on some serious issues. You or anyone you know have been affected by any of the issues or topics raised. There'll be a list of websites and services in the episode info box where you can get help. Please like, subscribe and rate the Free the Geezer podcast so we can keep the talking going. See you next week when we'll be talking about dealing with hate. We're going to have two special guests. Our expert for the day will be the amazing Paul Cannonville, first black Chelsea player and love music, hate racism ambassador. And we'll also have the lovely Samira Mighty. Remember, keep it locked and free the geezer. Yeah.